So we are in a new series called 40 Days with Jesus. And this 40 Days with Jesus is something that um, I was impressed upon well before Easter because I, I, I like to plan. I'm a planner, but at the same time, um, I, I'm, I like to go by the Spirit. In other words, if God wants to do something different, hey, we're going to ride that wave of the Spirit. And so, um, but several months ago, uh, as I was planning, okay, what's going to be after Easter? And I just felt impressed. We need to take some time to spend with Jesus for 40 days um, while we're, we just finished Easter. So you may know this, and some of you may not. Jesus, after the resurrection, he spent 40 days on this earth. Now, that's, that's amazing to me, that he would spend 40 days. He's just hanging around. 40 days on this earth. He didn't go straight to heaven. He, he spent time with his friends, his disciples, and others. And so why did he do that? What did that look like? What were those conversations like? We're going to talk about that during this 40-day journey. So this is going to be a six-week series, and each week we're going to take an encounter with Jesus. We're going to look at it from a couple of angles, and we're going to see how we're going to apply it to our life as well, and see how you can even help apply it to another person's life. And I hope you know that when we give messages, sometimes it'll speak directly to you, and sometimes you're like, okay, I can keep that. But I know someone who could use this. So you could either share the sermon, the audio or the video recording, or you could just share your notes with them. So just know this. God is, gonna, God is going to use this word, his word, whether in your life of someone or, or someone in your life that could use this message. So in this 40-day journey, we're also going to have a devotional. So I have, and I've already shared this with our, with our, with our church folks, but you can um, start tomorrow. Actually, you can start today because today's May 1st. So start today on a, um, a simple day-by-day journey devotional, and it's really easy. All you got to do is, we're, and we're going to send everybody a link again today through text, email, and this journey um, is simply go to, you go to lakepointonline.com forward slash 40 days, the number four zero days, and then week one. 40 days, week one, the number one. If you go to that, it'll pull up on your phone, on your computer, and it's right there. Each, each daily devotional is, um, is, is short, and it gives you an opportunity to, um, to go in deeper into that. And it goes right along with exactly what we're talking about as well. And if you're in a small group, guess what? Small groups are going to be doing the same thing. They're going to unpack everything um, whenever we finish this, you know, whether you meet tonight or next Sunday or Wednesday or whatever. So um, this 40-day this journey is something we're actually going to, it's not just here on Sundays. It's every day. And so I want to encourage you to do that. Well, today we're going to look at an encounter with, um, with Mary Magdalene and Jesus. And this is the, um, the beginning of this 40-day journey. So I'm going to be in John chapter 20. So if you want to take your, your printed copy or your digital copy of God's Word, um, we're going to have the uh, scripture on the screen as well. So John chapter 20, verses 1 through 18, the 40-day journey starts with the first encounter of, with Jesus and someone, and we find that it is Mary Magdalene. So here, verse 1. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, 
Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. And just so you know, the other disciple, it's John. He's talking about himself. <laughs> so the guy who's writing this book. Um, both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter. <laughs> He's in, I run a little faster than Peter. Um, and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in the strip, uh, at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind them and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. Verse 11. Now Mary, Mary Magdalene, stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it that you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary, that's important. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father to be uh, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. I've seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. You may enjoy a good mystery book or maybe a, a mystery movie. Um, this this resurrection is sort of a, could be sort of a mystery. Uh, there are a lot of people who think it, it's not really true. It's made up. Uh, there are even uh, some, uh, you know, people who, who may attend church who may kind of think the same thing. You know, well, maybe the body was stolen, but, you know, Jesus was a, you know, he was a good, good man and a good teacher. But we, we see in this passage lots of proof of the resurrection, that, that Jesus is alive. And we see this in, in, in two main areas. In the fact that he is absent from the tomb, number one. And then number two, that he is with people. He is present with his people. So there's no doubt about this. The body has gone. We know this because like any other face or political movements, the early disciples made no attempts to admire or adore Jesus' tomb. In fact, there's no evidence that after Easter Sunday, that first Easter morning, they ever went back there. Why? There was no point. There was no point because Jesus was not there. He was absent from there. And 
John describes in some detail, in a very authentic way, uh, in a way, what actually happened on this first Easter. And so as we look at this, we understand there, there's no way that this could be a false narrative. Number one, we see that Jesus um, appears to a woman. Jesus appears to a woman. The, um, the question is, why would John do that? Why would John say he appeared to a woman? Well, because it's a fact. In first century Jewish society, women, sorry ladies, this, this is just how it was, women were not considered reliable witnesses. There was a prejudice there, and so the fact is, why would John and the early disciples present this most important day in history with women as the first witnesses? The answer is simply because that's what exactly happened. It was not a made-up story. They were, the, they were the first to see the empty tomb, and Mary, as, as we see, was the first to actually meet Jesus. So we know that it's real because why would they use a woman to say that Jesus rose from the dead if they're trying to hide something and trying to cover up something? They said that because it's just what happened. It's true. Second thing is the stone was rolled away. The stone was rolled away. This massive stone, huge, thousands of pounds, had been rolled away. The question is, who did it? It certainly wasn't the Roman guards because they would have been charged and put to death because of that. So, and, and it wasn't the disciples or anybody else because it was being guarded. A third thing we see, it's a surprise resurrection. No one had a clue that this was going to be part of the story. No one had a clue. And I believe the enemy himself, Satan, didn't have a clue. Oh, we, he knew that Jesus was going to die on the cross. You can go back in Scripture and read that. You can go back to prophets. And so that was kind of the plan. He was going to die on the cross. He's dead. Satan won. He wasn't expecting three days later. And neither, neither were the disciples. They, I mean, John just said it in his book. They, they still didn't understand that Jesus had to rise from the dead. They didn't understand. They thought Jesus' body had been taken. And then Mary obviously said, I've seen him. He is alive. They were completely shocked by that, the resurrection. So, if they didn't understand that Jesus had to rise from the dead, why would, they, why would they try to fake the resurrection? Why would they try to fake that? And then we also see that the grave clothes left behind. You know, usually when you take a body in a mummified, you know, state or just and it's wrapped, why would you unwrap a body and carry a, a naked corpse out? It makes no sense. You would just take the body and everything. But the grave clothes were there. And even the headpiece that covered his face was even folded and put off to the side. So how do we know that Jesus rose from the dead? He, he, wasn't, he wasn't in the tomb. He was absent. Second of all, he is present with his people. We see that first, he appeared to Mary Magdalene in the garden. And we see that, that, that this was sort of a, a mistaken identity 
with, with Mary because Mary saw Jesus, didn't know it was him. Even though she followed him, she didn't recognize him. She thought maybe he was a gardener. And so, but Jesus appeared to Mary Magdalene first and, um, and we see that she finally recognized him. And we'll get to that a little bit later. So we, he appears to Mary, and then over the next 40 days, he appears to over 500 more people in 11 different scenarios, 11 different scenes. So Jesus is present with his people. He's not in the tomb, but he's present with his people as he appears to Mary Magdalene first. And then we're going to walk down through opportunities uh, and, and scenarios of what those encounters were over the next six weeks. And you can actually do that in your personal quiet time as well on this 40-day journey. So he is with his people. Jesus really is alive because death couldn't hold him. Everyone who has a counter with him can really come alive too. You can come alive as well. And because Jesus is alive, guess what? We can come to life. We can come to life. We've just got to, we've got to recognize him. We can't have any kind of mistaken identity with him. <laughs> this past week, um, we, we, we were able to attend, uh, some of us in our family were able to attend a couple of different concerts this week. And we also had a couple of birthdays this week. And so it was a busy week for us. And on a Friday, we had an opportunity to go see Michael W. Smith in concert at Piedmont Church. And, uh, and if you know a little bit about Christian music, Michael W. Smith is a great, um, credible Christian artist. And, and, um, uh, but he, you know, he's also you know, played uh, for um, presidents and been in the White House. He played for Billy Graham's funeral and uh, George Bush Sr. funeral and, and just lots of different um, uh, places he's played. But I'm a huge fan of Michael Smith. It, literally the first um, song that I heard as a contemporary Christian artist, um, a singer, I was like 14 years old, and it was from a Michael Smith cassette tape. That same cassette tape, just cassette tapes, are, they're about this big, they have these little things that turn, okay? Uh, that same cassette tape is in, uh, I think, m- one of my son's car. <laughs> and, um, but... But I've been listening to him for a long, long time, so I'm a, I'm a huge fan of him. So I know some of the pastors over at Piedmont Church, and I said, hey, you know where you can get us some tickets? I said, yeah, sure, just come on. And he goes, but I, I need some help unloading and loading and, and everything. So we're like, okay, yeah, sure. So Logan and I went to go and, uh, and to Piedmont with her early and, and was unloading some things. And when we were there, we're unloading the truck, I mean, lots of stuff. And um, I didn't know this. But one of the guys that, um, that was part of Piedmont, uh, he was telling some of the other guys at Piedmont, and these guys don't really know me, and I'm just kind of, you know, they're helping. And he told one of the other guys at Piedmont that I was Michael W. Smith. <laughs> I didn't know that. And so we're unloading, right? And this guy, and there's this loading dock, and this guy across from me, and we're unloading, we're just kind of waiting, and he looks at me and goes, man, dude, I love your music. Okay, back in 2000, I put out a CD. <laughs> it's not on Spotify. There's no number one hits on there. And I, I just look at him and go, thank you. 
I've never seen you before, right? And then, so we're loading on, and about 10 minutes later, you know, another guy says, hey, do you live in Tennessee or Georgia? And I'm like, I live in Cartersville. And I was like, why are these questions? And then the, the guy said, um, hey, dude, I told him you were Micah W. Smith. I was like, I don't look like Micah W. Smith. Are you kidding me? And then later on in the lobby, gosh, a few hours later, before the concert, there were some ladies that kind of stuck in the area. And Logan and I were kind of in, a, in kind of a backstage area. We had passes for that. And so we were sitting there kind of hanging out in the lobby. I was doing some computer work. Uh, Logan's just chilling. And these ladies come up to me. They say, are you him? Are you, are you Michael David Smith? I was like, no, ma'am. I, I don't even, I, thank you, but no. And, and then, so they left, and one of the road guys who knows Michael David, he, he's like, dude, you don't even look like Michael David Smith. I was like, I know. So I had a whole day of mistaken identity the, of, of that, and I had no idea. So I, I, I say that because that's kind of what Mary experienced. And can I tell you something? Listen. Jesus is not in the grave. He's alive. He's risen. And he is showing up in your life if you will recognize him. If you will recognize him, that he is there. Don't have a thing of mistaken identity. And so because Jesus is alive, we can truly live. We can truly live. And how can we truly live? Well, we can have the power over darkness. There's power over darkness. It is commonly throughout, common throughout history to see the images of light and darkness as representing the struggle between good and evil. For the gospel writer John, darkness was also highly symbolic of evil. If you read the book of John, it starts open, it opens with light. And so when John emphasizes that Mary sets out early on the first day of the week while it is still dark, on one level, he is just telling us about the time of day. But on another, he's telling us that for Mary, it seems as if darkness, evil deeds, evil forces, evil men had triumphed. She was someone who had been oppressed by powers of darkness. If you, if you remember, Mary Magdalene was demon-possessed, and, and, and Jesus delivered her of that. And she followed him from there on. She was there for all the teachings. She was there um, for the crucifixion. She was there for the resurrection. She became one of those devoted followers of Jesus. And so in her heart, in her life, she's, she's crying out, just darkness. I, I wonder if she thought, I, I don't want that to come back on me. I, I don't want that darkness to overtake me anymore. My Savior is dead. I don't want that to overtake me again. I don't want to go back to that bad place. Have you ever thought that as well? Even, when, even as, a, as a Christ follower, someone who's made the decision to follow Jesus Sometimes we, we get out of that relationship and we're, we're like, okay, I, I don't want to fall back and be the person I was. I don't want to go back to the dark. I want to stay in the light. We see John eight twelve. You don't have to turn there, but just this one scripture. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in what? In darkness but will have the light of 
life. The light of life. Jesus came to bring us life. If we believe in Jesus and we have the Holy Spirit inside of us, then guess what? We have the living, breathing Savior. Part of the Trinity living inside of us. And we have life. We have abundant life. So if you feel yourself going towards the darkness, grab a hold of the light. Grab a hold of the light. Spend time in prayer. While I was setting up at the concert with Micah W., um, there was uh, several people who were helping to set up for the concert. And, and Piedmont actually um, hired a company that... Um, subcontracted just some workers to come and help. And there was this woman uh, named Tara. And I noticed it. I mean, I didn't know who she was. She was helping to set up. And um, looks like she'd done this before. And so we, um, we had a lunch break after we finished up some setting up. And then so I actually sat at her table. They were kind of small tables. Logan sat with somebody else. And so I, I saw that she was sitting there. So I sat at her table. And we began talking. And I noticed that she was not in a good place. And the Holy Spirit just spoke to me. He's like, you need to share good news with her. You need to share good news with her. So I did. I shared Jesus. I even used the, my Bible app. It's called Share Your Faith. Everyone needs to have that on your phone. If you're a believer and you want to share Christ, it's the easiest thing. Share your faith, share my faith, something like that. Share your faith, you need to have on your app. It's, it's something you can do. And literally, we walked through it. And she, when we got through the app, she looked at me with tears in her eyes. She goes, I'm far from God. I need Jesus. <laughs> and I said, well, I can, I can walk you through that right now. We, you can accept him right now. And she says, yes, I want to do that right now. And so we walked through that prayer, and, and, and when she finished, just tears of joy are flowing from her. And she says, I felt like there's a weight lifted off of me. And she has new life. She even said this, my life was so full of darkness. I have light in me now. That's, that's Mary Magdalene. Jesus brought light into her life. And so Tara, she's actually going to be in Cartersville. She lives in Atlanta. She's going to be in Cartersville at some sort of thing downtown that they're doing. And so um, I'm, after this, we're going to go. I'm going to go find Tara. And I'm going to ask her, hey, you want to, you want to come join our baptism ceremony, you know? And, and just make sure she's doing good. Make sure she's in a church. So y'all pray for Tara. But just like Tara, there's lots of Taras around you and me. So Jesus came to give us life. So we can have new life because there's power over darkness. There's power over the fear of death. Last time I checked, it's, um, the death rate is, is 100%. <laughs> In other words, we're all going to die. You're go- you are going to die. I'm going to die. It's 100%. Unless Jesus comes back and we get the raptured, that'd be awesome. And he will come back. Now, sure, if it would be in your lifetime, my lifetime, 
but we will die one day. And whether we like it or not, we're all getting older. And just the amazing news of Easter is that while we can't arrest the the aging process in this life, Jesus' resurrection provides the ultimate promise that life has overcome death and that therefore death is not the end. Death is actually, for a Christian, just the beginning. The Bible doesn't teach that death is the end, and it doesn't teach reincarnation. It teaches resurrection. It teaches new life. We don't have to fear death. We don't have to fear eternal death. And that's what Tara was fearing. She said, I don't want to go to hell. I was like, guess what? God doesn't want you to go to hell either. And so as a believer, we, can, we don't have to fear death. In fact, we can even embrace death knowing this, that when we die, that is just the beginning and we're going to have more life. We're going to feel more alive than we've ever felt on this earth when we are in heaven. I guarantee you that. We're going to feel more alive in heaven than on this earth. If you have Christ in your life, if you've accepted Jesus as your Savior, he wants to give you abundant life. He's given that to Mary Magdalene. She doesn't have to be, hasn't, she doesn't have to fear death. It's resurrection. Resurrection. The power of resurrection. I, I love this in John 11, 25, 26. Jesus said to her, I'm the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die and whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? They will never die. They may die a physical death, but they will have a spiritual, eternal life forevermore. Resurrection. New life. That's what we don't have to fear. We don't have to fear death, and we don't have to fear the power of darkness. And the third thing is the grip of despair. The grip of despair. Despair affects all of us sometimes. Despair is a cruel enemy. So for some of you here today, you are watching online, you may be facing the loss of a job or loss of, of, of a purpose. Maybe you lost a relationship that was really important. Or perhaps like Mary, you lost someone you love who passed away, like Jesus. Sometimes though, Everything could be fine on the outside, but on the inside, there is lots of despair. The last time I felt this despair, it was just a few weeks ago, on the anniversary of my mom's, of my mom's death, which was unexpected. And uh, it had been a year, and I'd gone through a whole year of firsts, right? And here I was, just at home, and, and I had a list of things I had to do. And I, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I couldn't get off the couch. I, I just stayed there. I cried. I, I just was staring into space. But I felt the comfort of the Holy Spirit near me. But it was just like, just despair. 
because of remembering that year ago, losing my mother unexpectedly the same day as when my daughter, our daughter was married, and just overcome with sadness. We've all experienced some of that. We see this four times that mentions that Mary was crying so that we see that, it, that Mary was very sad and she was gripped with despair. She was very saddened. But Jesus, Jesus got her, her attention. Now, she didn't recognize Jesus at first, but when she did recognize him, do you see what had happened? It happened when Jesus called her name. When Jesus called her name. Verse 15, 16. Jesus said to her, Mary. Jesus said to her, Mary. Because before he said, woman. But now he's calling her Mary. And then it clicked. And she realized, this is my Savior. Jesus, on this 40-day journey, he wants to tell you today, he's come to give you new life, abundant life. He's come to give you that because he doesn't want you to fear death. He doesn't want you to have despair. He's with you. He wants you to understand he's calling you by name. Do you hear him calling you by name? Do you sense here right now or watching online, do you sense that Jesus could be calling you by name? Maybe, maybe there's some darkness in your life. Maybe there's some areas in your life. It's like, okay, this is a dark place. Jesus wants to shine his light in there. Or maybe you just feel like you don't have abundant life. That you're just kind of like your phone. <laughs> you're just scrolling through life. Aimlessly scrolling through life. Not having an abundant life. Just kind of letting life pass you by. I know we can all be busy, but being busy doesn't mean we have life. In fact, it can suck the life out of us. Having new life is when you go to the author of life and you say, Jesus, fill me with all that you are. Fill me with all that you are. Remove the dark places with your word. Remove the dark places with your presence. Let me overcome death of this life. There are lots of million people who are walking. They're just walking dead people. They are. They're just scrolling through life. Don't be a walking dead person. Have life. Ask Jesus to give you that life. And don't walk in despair. Yes, we can experience those, those moments of, of despair and sadness. Yes. But that's why 
That's why Jesus rose from the dead to know, hey, I'm with you. I'm not in the grave. I'm not dead. I'm alive. Jesus is alive more now than ever. And he wants to give you that new life. Is he calling out your name? Is he calling out your name? Every head bowed, every eye closed. We're going to just have some time with the Lord. I, I want you to take stock of your life, kind of where it's at, not, not your whole life, just in the season that you're in. Are there moments of, of darkness? Or are there areas of darkness in your, in your soul, in your life? Maybe, maybe there's a, there's some things that have come in to your life that you don't, you don't like and you know shouldn't be there. Just right now where you're at, just, just ask the Lord to bring his light to you. If you have some, con, some sin to confess, just do that right now. Say, Lord, I'm, I'm sorry for allowing this to come in, this, this darkness. And just ask him, Lord, bring your light into my life to shine through the darkness. Or maybe there's some, maybe there's some death in your life, meaning maybe there's some areas in your life that's just not working. Maybe, maybe you feel like your relationship with God is just barely alive. I mean, it, it, it's barely breathing, and it needs some resuscitation. Maybe your relationship, your time with God has, has, has been ignored. Maybe you haven't valued him. Maybe you haven't been watching or listening to him. It's so easy. Trust me, I know. It's so easy to be so busy with things in this life that we don't stop and allow God to speak to us and give us new life. Maybe there's some sort of gangrene that's been coming into an area of your life and it's just dying. Ask Jesus to let his blood flow through it to bring life to that area of your body, of your, of your mind, your soul, your spirit to bring you new life. Maybe, again, there's some sin to confess there as well. Or maybe, like Mary, Mary was she was in this pit of despair as she was obviously in a very, very broken place. Maybe you have despair or maybe you know someone who's in despair right now. You just need to say, Lord, um, I need your life. I need you to breathe new life within me. I need you to call me by name. I need you to call me by name. I believe Jesus often calls us by name, but are we listening? Are we listening to that? I want you to listen to God the Father speak to you. In this moment, just, I'm just going to stop talking, and I'm just going to allow God 
a time for, you, for him to speak to you. We're not gonna have any music, nothing to stir the emotions. It's you and God. So right at your seat or at the altar, it doesn't matter. Just have this time with the Lord.